Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Covering the Peace. I am your host, Kyle Wilson, and this podcast is brought to you by 90.5 KCC for Collins. Uh, a lot of Avalanche fans are very nervous as we head into the last month of the regular season as we have been able, unable to make it out of the second round under Jared Bednar's reign. We are going to be discussing possible playoff matchups for the Avs and which matchups favor the Avalanche the most, which players will have to make the biggest impact during the playoffs for the Avalanche, what Stanley Cup matchup do we all want to see, and is Jared Bednar on the hot seat if the Avs are knocked out of the playoffs before making the Stanley Cup. My guests that are joining me today are two former teammates of mine and good friends, Jonathan Tandy and Trey Lissio. Say hello to the people, guys. Hello. <laughs> hello. Uh, Trey Lissio here. Oh, welcome. Welcome to the podcast, boys. Glad to have you here. Glad yeah, to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us on. So... Uh, what I'm going so what we're gonna do we're gonna look at standings real quick, um, just because they're shifting from day to day and everything. So as of right now, as it stands in the central, the Avs are first as in the league as they have been all season. Minnesota is close behind with 87 points. In second place, St. Louis is in third place with 83 points. And in the wild card, we have Nashville and Dallas, who are also in the central division. The Pacific is looking pretty locked up for the top spot as Calgary has 89 points. LA is close behind with 84 points in second, and Edmonton is in third. And just sitting outside of the wild card playoff spot in the West, it is Vegas, Winnipeg, and Vancouver with 78 points, 76, and 73, respectively. If I can jump in here quick, Kyle, <clears throat> that, that Vegas wild card, that's going to be interesting um, if they can make it or not. I, I read. Um, couple days ago that they have to keep Alec Martinez and Mark Stone out because they don't have the cap space they have to keep them on long-term injury reserve so oh is is that from the Dadanov trade yeah exactly went yep. to the Ducks yeah, the NHL I think vetoed that um so yeah but we'll we'll talk about Vegas in a little bit we'll we'll get into it trust me trust me oh sorry for jumping ahead so Obviously, we've already talked about Vegas. Vegas is very close behind Dallas with only one point behind. So I guess what we could start off with is who do you guys think is the best best matchup for the Avs in the first round? It's kind of tough to say. Um, I can tell you I don't want to see Dallas. I can tell you I don't want to see Dallas or the Knights either. Yeah, I don't, even though with Vegas, even though, you know, as Troy said, they're missing a bunch of players. I mean, Pacioretty's out too, Mark Stone, Martinez. Who I, They have like three other, four other guys out that have huge captains. And so, I mean, we've not seen it with to Tampa. Mention, uh, not to mention their goalies too. Yeah, and Robin Leonard's been hurt all season, or like most of the season, and they've had to be relying on lower end goalies, I guess you could say. But... Yep, AHL caliber. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I agree with you. I don't want to see Dallas, and I don't want to see Vegas in the first round. Um, I think Vegas has our number, regardless of who they have in or out. And I think Dallas is also just matches up with us perfectly because they play defensive hockey, and we like to go down the ice and score, and they like to log us down. But, okay, so we've eliminated two. So who would you rather see, Nashville, St. Louis, or Edmonton? I... I... If I had to pick between those three, I'd probably say Edmonton. They're pretty one-dimensional on offense with McDavid and Dreisaitl, and we have a pretty solid decor, and if we can shut them down, I, I could see it being another sweep. 
we shut down McDavid Avs are set to go you know it's really their only guy they do have dry subtle someone to someone to look out for but I think the Avs would go through Edmonton no problem and see I'm not I would love I I would love to see that matchup I'd love to see Connor McDavid and McKinnon in the first round I think that would be so much fun and so good for the game of hockey but at the same time, for the Avs, I think the best possible matchup for them would... I don't think it's going to happen, but I think facing the Blues in the first round, again, would just be another sweep, like last year. And But at the same time, I don't want to see that. I kind of want to see a prolonged series in the first round, because I want to see the Avs get into playoff mode. You know, I don't want to see them just run over teams. I want to see them face adversity and then overcome it, because that's what it takes in the playoffs. Um, another team... Right, don't get too stagnant. <laughs> what do you mean? You know, if, if you sweep a team and you're off for, who knows, maybe a week, week and a half, you're not back in that game mode when round two starts. So you can't just, you know, sit there and get it. A long series might not be the worst thing ever. It's good to lose a few, get your head in the right place, you know. That's what I think. That's what I think really messed us up last year. Why we exited in the second round is because we just rolled through St. Louis, and then Vegas came along, and they were such a good challenge for us, and they just were able to work us. Other than the first game, um, another team I wanted to mention that are that is not too far out, but it's a long shot to make the playoffs, is Vancouver. They're only six points behind Dallas right now. Um, they have played three more games than them. Same with. Winnipeg and Vegas, who are ahead of them as well. But I think Vancouver, if they make a push for the playoffs, that's a team I don't want to see. I think Vancouver has such good depth. Their defense is pretty solid. It's not the best. It's not the worst. But they've they've shown that they can shut down our offense and that they can play grindy hockey with us. And I think that's that's our weak point is when we get in the corners and they start forechecking us really hard with the third and fourth lines and just start wearing out our defense. Yeah, I would agree that Vancouver matchup would definitely be tough. Uh, I think if it did extend, though, I'm not sure they could hold the Avs off for seven games if it were to go the distance. But um, definitely definitely not something I'd want to see in the first round. I mean, as long as, uh, as, long as the Avs stay healthy, I really think they can take on anyone. I really don't think the Knucks are going to make the playoffs. So I really think it's going to be... Dallas Knights and maybe Winnipeg fighting for that wild card spot. Do you think Dallas is just gonna fall off? I think Dallas could stay right where they are or fall off. You know, they're only one point behind Vegas. I see it going either way, really. Yeah, I could see that. Absolutely. I mean, it's a toss up right now in the West for that last wild or for the two wild card spots. Um Minnesota's looking nice and sound. Same with Los Angeles. So I think the one and two are set in the West for Central and Pacific Division. Um, so I don't think we're going to see too much movement there. But going off of that, so as we look forward in more into the playoffs, into the second round, so we, I mean, it's pretty clear that the Avs are probably going to face two series in division. They're probably going to play Nashville or Dallas first round if Vegas falls off or Winnipeg. And in the second round, they're going to play the winner of Minnesota and whoever finishes third. And I am scared of Minnesota, but because I think they can really keep up with the Avs and they could probably shut us down um, and win the series. They could win four games, I think, against us. But moving into the second round, 
what do you think is the best? I mean, the Avs have a pretty good path to the Stanley Cup finals this year. The West isn't as strong as the East is. The East is just completely set, and all are solid teams that can make it out. The Avs are obviously the favorite. Calgary's pretty close behind them, but I think Minnesota's pushing Calgary for that second spot. Uh, what do you, who who do you guys think the Avs will face in the second round? We'll go there. We'll do a little predictive, and then who do you think would be the best matchup for them uh, to move on to the Western Conference Finals? I do not think the best matchup would be against the Wild. Um, I think that would be a tough series for both teams. Uh, I'd much rather have the Avs play somebody else in the Wild. You know, knowing the Wild, Minnesota sports, it's very likely that they go out round one anyways, <laughs> even where they are in the standings. So, um, I'm not too worried about Avs versus Wild, and obviously I don't want them to play each other, but I think a better matchup would be uh, somebody like St. Louis, even, if they don't play him in the first round and then second round I'd much rather play him in the second round yeah I mean <clears throat> season ended today um, Minnesota St. Louis play each other I'd rather see St. Louis in that second round matchup I think the Avs you know like you mentioned earlier Kyle could uh, sweep them again in a 4-0 um, and I think Minnesota is going to be a tough series um, regardless if, if they drop off and happen to be a first round a second round or um, I mean, they put up a fight with Vegas last season. I'm amazed that they took them to seven games, but they put up a good fight. Yeah, and Minnesota now has Flurry too. They got that veteran presence um, in the crease. So I, I think that'll be huge um, for Minnesota in the playoffs, so. Yep, yep. Good experience, good playoff experience. <laughs> As an Avs fan, I definitely don't want to see Minnesota in the second round. I don't want to see them at all in the playoffs, I think. <laughs> in the West, Minnesota and Dallas are toughest um, yeah, no. competitors. Definitely. Matchups. Toughest competitors, yeah. Definitely agree, and especially because Fleury's the one who won that series for Vegas last season against the Avs. Like, it was, it's not even a question. If they didn't have Fleury, the Avs would have swept that series most likely. Um, yeah, well, even uh, even against the Wild too, Fleury played all seven games of that series. So he's he, he's it's Minnesota's scary. They really are. Um, that's the I think anybody I'd rather see anybody in the second round other than Minnesota at this point. Uh, I really don't care who it is. I think the Avs can deal with whoever other than Minnesota in the West. I think Minnesota is their best matchup, and, or not their best matchup, their worst matchup. And that could push them to the brink of elimination in any series. Um, okay, so moving on, we're going to stick with the theme of playoffs right now. And other than Makar, Rantanen, McKinnon, and Landeskog, who do you think is going to be the most important player for the Avs in the playoffs to make it to the Stanley Cup? I'm going to say Darcy. So other than top guys, pretty much? Other than the top guys. I mean, I, I guess I'd kind of consider Darcy Kemper as one of our top guys. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I guess I could agree with if, that. If you. Yeah. And, you know, goalies are very important in playoffs, so I do see your point there. Okay, okay. So, other than Kemper and our top players, who? 
I think uh, it's gonna be those bottom six players. I think it'd be uh, Nachushkin, definitely one of them. Burkovsky, you know, guys that are putting up points, putting up numbers, but they're not the flashiest. You know, they're not guys getting all the coverage. But yeah, I'd say Burkovsky, someone like that, or even a grinder like Darren Helm. I think they play a very important role in pushing for the cup. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Burkowski will be um, the most important come playoff time, uh, not one of our superstars, because he can come alive in the playoffs and he can change the series. He's got a wicked wrist shot, great player. Um, you know, if Kadri stays on the track he's going, he'll be super important, but he's one of our top guys, so not including him, I think Burkowski will be the most important that needs to produce. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you guys. I mean, everyone in the playoffs has to pull their own weight. It's not a question. It's just facts. And we all know that in order to make a Stanley Cup playoff, one through four lines and one through three D pairs have to pull their weight and have to contribute. Um, but I'm going to I'm gonna go a little off, <laughs> little off tangent, I guess, on a tangent and say that the entire fourth line. I think our fourth line is going to be so important with Darren Helm, Andrew Cogliano, and it's probably going to be Obey Kubel that's in there. Um, I think that line is just going to be so important because that's what has beat us in the past is that third or fourth checking line that just absolutely gasses our D. And it just gets us trapped in our zone and we can't get out. And that's exactly how – That's how. I mean, Flurry did carry them, but that's how Vegas beat us is they put in that, that grinding third and fourth lines and just wore us out. And I, not to – I mean, yeah, COVID did play – into that because the abs I think played before the playoffs they played I, I believe it was 14 out of 20 nights I think it was be heading into the playoffs which is just ridiculous task of your top stars and everything because at that time we were pushing for I guess our goal was the president's trophy last year I think that's what the most I read about in coverage and everything was it wasn't about Stanley Cup. It was about we need home ice throughout playoffs and we need that president's trophy. And this season it's really shifted to we really don't care about the president's trophy. Yeah, it's nice if we have home ice advantage throughout playoffs and we, we will in the Western Conference regardless. But they're more focused on resting and really developing their game for the playoffs and not trying to wear themselves down. And I think that's going to be really important, but... I think the fourth line, other than obviously you need your top players to contribute, but that fourth line is going to be really, really, really important when it comes to playoff time. I mean, what a fourth line, though. They've had a great season so far. Yeah. They've been playing great. They've been playing amazing. I mean, they're, they're not putting up the points. Obviously, it's a fourth line. You're not going to expect those guys to put up 15 goals a season, but... They've been the the PK, especially since Andrew Cogliano and Nico Sturm have joined, has just been like outstanding. It's been playoff ready in my mind. That's how I would describe it with those two guys in, because they're just PK killers and they oh they're amazing on the PK. I love that move. Um, so we're gonna move on. We're gonna go a little off script and we're gonna discuss if the Avs don't make the play or not the playoffs. If the Avs don't make the Stanley Cup Finals. Do you guys think that Jared Bednar is on the hot seat, even though he just signed an extension? No. Not at all. Yeah, I don't think so. With the season they're having, 
definitely not. You know, it's very possible that they win the President's Trophy. If you win a President's Trophy, even if you don't make playoffs, obviously it depends on ownership and stuff, on what they want. Obviously, everyone wants to win a cup, but if you're winning a President's Trophy as a coach, you're not leaving next season, especially with the extension that he just got. And I think Bednar's a great coach, too. He can, He's had some time to learn, and we've seen it this year and last year. He can make in-game adjustments to lines um, if something's not clicking, and it seems to work. Um, you know, separating that big line with Landis Cog, Rantanen, and McKinnon, splitting them up to try to get some firepower on two separate lines. Um, so I think this year, um, maybe I'm just being optimistic, but it might be a, a different year. He's had time to learn, and he knows what's right and what's wrong. So I think he can get us there, and if not, I do see him sticking around next year. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying that he is just because I'm bringing this topic up. I've just seen, I don't it, the last, you know, the last two years we've exited the second round. And we're kind of getting, if it happens again this year, knock on wood, uh, we're kind of moving into Toronto territory, you know, <laughs> where we're stuck in the playoffs. We can't get out of the second round. We keep choking no matter how good of a team we have, no matter how much star power we have. It's just, I am, I am concerned just because I kind of have PTSD of the second round. Because <laughs> um, of the game sevens and back-to-back years, but we'll, so we'll, we'll stop talking about that before my blood starts boiling too much. <laughs> and the, the Landeskog call and the Santa... Okay, never mind. We're just gonna... We're gonna move on. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll get too heated about that. So... I guess moving on into let's keep with the theme of the most important players and also actually I'm going to finish my thought on Jared Bednar first. I've seen I've just seen a couple posts not more more than a couple posts but uh, of just Avs fans saying you know and Tangi and I have talked about this in the past that Avs fans are very they're kind of like Broncos fans if we're really good then we're very happy and then if we lose we call for the coach's head bandwagoners <laughs> <laughs> yeah in essence there are a lot of bandwagon fans right now especially since we're pushing for a stanley cup and it's, it, it happens with every team i mean we saw it with the blackhawks they didn't fill their stadium for 10 years and then they made you know one playoff series and have sold out the arena for the last 12 years and so it's just penguins too could name we could name uh, quite a bit of teams yeah yeah the penguins as well carolina tampa bay i i, I all of these teams that have been successful in the-, the best one <laughs> florida panthers yes sir there was maybe 10 people <laughs> in that stadium and now it's sold out didn't they sell out their uh home opener yeah yeah exactly <laughs> especially carolina like especially yeah it's re- it's really good to see too and then we have Arizona, who's moving to a call. <laughs> but okay, we're kind of getting off topic. <laughs> Just a little bit. But um, but I think, so yeah, I think he has a safe zone. Obviously, he signed his extension. We're probably going to win the President's Trophy this year. He has some room, but I think, I mean, if we go out this year, I think he starts to get on that hot seat. You know, I think... The season after this, if we exit the second round or if we exit before we make it to the Stanley Cup, 
I think there's going to be a call for an evaluation of how, you know, Jared Bednar, he's a great regular season coach. We can see that. We've experienced that. We've, we're going to win back-to-back president's trophies, basically, if everything goes to plan. Um, but you lose this, you, let's say that we lose in this season, in the second round, right? And, you know, there's some speculation probably in the offseason that Jared Bednar may be on the hot seat. And then I think the season after this, that if we exit in the second round and we do not make it to the Stanley Cup playoffs, or not the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Stanley Cup after this season, I think then he's really on the hot seat, and I think we could see change. But I do agree with you guys. Jared Bednar is an amazing coach. I mean, he is literally changing the game of hockey as we're watching it. He's inventing a whole new offensive system that we've never seen before that teams don't know how to defend. And it's, he's an amazing coach, and I hope he sticks around, and I hope we make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. That would be awesome. So speaking of the Stanley Cup Finals, I know, I, th- I believe that all three of us have the same dream matchup in the Stanley Cup Finals that we want to see. I, I, th- I really do. Florida Panthers versus Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> Florida Panthers and the Avs. Yep. I, I think that's all. We're all in agreement, right? That's what we want to see. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So let's. We already covered that. We want to see that. I would love. It would be. I think amazing. we're the few that want to see that matchup. But you know, it has history. That's exactly. That's why I want to see it because it's just like in 95, 96 when Panthers and the Abs were both the best teams in the league, basically. I mean. We won't talk about Detroit, but we were, we made it to the Stanley Cup Finals, and we were the two best teams that season, and so I want to see that again. I think that'd be really cool, but moving past that, we all want to see Florida in the Avs, so if Florida doesn't make it out of the East, and let's just presume that the Avs do, that they're in the Stanley Cup Finals, Florida's out, who would you want to see? Doesn't matter about matchups, doesn't matter about who the Avs could beat, whatever. What would be your dream matchup if Florida did not make it? Any team from the East? Any team, other than Florida. I would want to see Tampa Bay, just so the Avs could spoil the three-peat. <laughs> that's a great answer. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. You got Washington, Boston, Pittsburgh, Rangers, Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Toronto. Probably the Rangers. Just because I like the Rangers. <laughs> Why do you like the Rangers? <laughs> well, I, just, I I have family there. It's from my dad was born in New York, and my I have cousins in New Jersey, but they just go to Rangers games all the time. And yeah, I really liked the Rangers when they had uh, St. Louis there, and that playoff team was just so much fun to watch when uh, St. Louis was playing there. And that, that's why I like the Rangers. And I don't want to see a team I don't like, like the Lightning, go to the Cup again. Because, you know, screw <laughs> the Lightning. That is a gamble. It's tough for me. I, would, I think the Rangers and Az would be a very interesting series. I, uh, they, I mean, they play similar, but at the same time, the Rangers are just more gritty and grimy. And they get into those dirty areas better than the Avs do, I think. But the, the matchup I would love to see, and God, I hate Toronto fans, but I would love <laughs> to see the Avs in Toronto in the Stanley Cup final. 
those games. I think that would be a great match. Those games that they played during the regular season were just jaw dropping to watch. Like it was so much fun. It was just end to end action. They play so similarly, so it'd just be a high scoring matchup. Austin Matthews, McKinnon, like Mitch Marner and Rantanen, and then all. It would be such such a good Stanley Cup final. I think it would just be so good for the league as a whole, and I think it would be good for both markets because obviously Toronto's been struggling. And as much as we hate Toronto fans, and they're all babies basically, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I think it would be really good if if Toronto was back in a Stanley Cup final just for the game, just for the game of hockey in general. I think Toronto, the city of Toronto deserves to at least go to a Stanley Cup final while Matthews is there. And I think Matthews deserves to go to a Stanley Cup final before he leaves, which inevitably he will. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but I see the Leafs losing in the Stanley Cup final and then a, and then riots starting throughout Canada oh yeah oh like when Vancouver lost to Boston yeah, yeah. uh huh exactly it, yeah absolutely it would probably be worse than the Vancouver riot yeah <laughs> it would be crazy you know it's interesting when we were talking about Jared Bednar being on the hot seat cause while he's done so well, it's something teams look at, you know, and they're not when they're not doing well in playoffs continuously. They're not, you know, producing. And yeah, I love Jared Bednar. I think he's done a great job, like you both have said. But at the same time, you know, if we don't get a cup, would you think it would just be a year? I'd, you know, I'd probably give him like two, three years, with how well he's done at least, at least two at the minimum, to see what he can do with the team. And, you know, teams always fire the coach, but sometimes it's not always the coach's coach's fault. Sometimes it comes down to the players, too. Yeah, and I mean, I agree with you with everything you said. But, yeah, the players are responsible as well. But, I mean, when you look at success in playoffs, you must always go to the coach. And you always look at the coach and see, you know, they can be as good of a regular season coach as you want, win as many President's Trophies as you want, but it doesn't matter to fans, it doesn't matter to the players, it doesn't matter to the organization if you don't win Stanley Cup. And we have... Because it's a business. Exactly. It's an entertainment business. We need to satisfy our fans. Otherwise, there's no money coming in and then we can't have another winning team. So... We have a window right now, right? I would say I would probably give us a window of four years minimum of winning a Stanley Cup. I think that's we have enough cap room right now and we have our guys signed other than McKinnon, who's going to be a free agent after next season. Um, and we're going to pay him. I mean, it's, it's going to be 12 million at least. I think that's on the cheaper end of what we're going to get up for him is 12 million. And he said he'd take a team friendly deal, but at the same time, in my opinion, 12 million is a lot of money, (laughs) but I mean, Rantanen makes 11 mil right now and you can't have your best player making less than everybody. So, I mean, you can. <laughs> you can, but I mean, do you really think but do you really think that McKinnon's going to take a team friendly deal like less than Rantanen's? Not less. I could see Rantanen's. it. I could. I see, think McKinnon. I he's not equal. big in it for the money. I think he wants to like. win a cup. I get that vibe from him. 
Yeah, I think, I think he, he just wants to play hockey and win. I think the money is kind of a second thought for him. He much rather win a cup than get paid buku bucks. So, <laughs> I th- at least that's, okay. my, that's my feeling. I agree, I agree with that. I think he goes for a cup, wins a cup, and then he goes for his money. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. I really do, which concerns me. Hopefully it's with the avalanche. Yeah, and it concerns me at the same time too because I could easily see us winning a Stanley Cup before his contract is over. And then losing him. Exactly. And that's yeah, I could see that happening. That's what well. I'm very worried. About. But I, I really don't think that the Avs are gonna let McKinnon go. They, I think they're they would rather get rid of Landeskog and trade Landeskog than get rid of McKinnon. I'd get rid of everybody but Makar to keep McKinnon. Yeah, I mean maybe but not. Makar is the one player I would keep. Ranton and, and Makar, and those are and Taze because Taze is pretty cheap and he's not gonna go for that much because he's underrated. I think those are the three players I would keep to keep McKinnon, but I don't think McKinnon's going to leave if he has the option to. And we don't. I think he wants to stay with the Avs, and he's made that pretty clear that he wants to be here and he wants to win. But at the same time, I mean, we've we've heard that before from from other players that say, "Oh yeah, like I want to win. I'll take a, a team-friendly deal," and then they sign for John Tavares. Yeah, and then they sign for ten mil. And it, that's you can't, you cannot win with four more players making ten million dollars a year. It's just you can't build a winning team around that. But I, it's going to be very, very interesting if the Avs win either this year or next year to see what McKinnon does and see what he wants from an offer. Because if we win a Stanley Cup, he's going to be asking for more than McDavid, and I think. That's fair to say that he's probably going to get around 15 million with the cap. Going. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Is this at the, you really think he's going to ask for more than McDavid? He's the most paid player. Right if now. if we win a Stanley Cup within the next two years, I think in his free agent year, he will ask for at least 15 million more than McDavid because the cap is not only going up; it's not going up a lot next year. It's only going up a mil, but still, I mean, you add another you know, two or three mil the year after that. Teams have that room and players are worth more and it's just how the, the game is progressing right now is players star players are getting paid more because we're able to pay them more because the league is getting more stature. Uh-huh. Somehow, because their marketing sucks, but I, I could easily see him asking for 15 or more. Well, I mean, look at Kaprizov. He's second year in the NHL right now. He's getting paid 11 mil. Exactly. And I think he's overpaid. Exactly. And he's having a great season. I think he's great. He's wonderful for the Wild, but I think he's getting overpaid. It's, yeah, it's just it, the league is moving towards paying players more, which is great. I think we need to see that. We've, you know, growing up, we all knew that hockey was basically the lowest paying professional sport you could probably go into compared to the other ones. Um but, you know, that's that's changing. It's nowhere near MLB, NFL, NBA numbers yet. But it's it, – and it, I don't think it ever will be. Those numbers are – it's because hockey is not as accessible as those sports yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. And so we'll just to – the, To the whole world. We'll just have to see. But 
that is interesting that, you know, McKinnon could leave after two seasons and, or after two more. And, That's scary. Yeah. That's scary to think about. Kind of heartbreaking, too. It's not something you want to hear. Not at all. Or even talk about. <laughs> not at all. So, okay, we're moving. We're going to keep going on with talking about players and stuff like that. So we're going to go and talk about the Norse. There's a, it's a pretty big debate right now on who the Norse Trophy winner is. Obviously, I th- I believe Kale McCarr is in the lead from the last time I checked the That's votes. That's defenseman, right? Correct, defensive player of the year, or defenseman of the year, whichever way you want to put it. Um, but Yossi is having a, a fantastic season, like unheard of in today's NHL from a defenseman. Yeah, McCarr has the most goals in avalanche history. Um, in a season, and he has the most goals out of defenseman right now in the league, but Yossi's on pace for over 100 points as a defenseman. And that's ridiculous to me, but I want to hear what your guys' take is. Who do you think deserves the Norris, or who do you think is going to win the Norris? Is it going to be Kale, or is it going to be Yossi? I mean, as an Avs fan, I'm biased. I want McCarr to win it. <laughs> And <laughs> I, I think he really does deserve it. I think he's a generational talent. I don't think there will ever be any other defenseman like him, like ever again, for the next like five, ten years. And Yossi is just having an unbelievable season. And I totally see him winning the Norris as well. But I personally want McCarr to win it. Yeah, I mean, the I... I think McCarr um, is deserving of it. I think he um, is, is the better player. They get him biased. Um, but just looking at stats, points aside, you can look at plus minus. Um, I think that's a obviously not the whole story, but a good sign. Um, Roman Yossi, plus 21, pretty good. Kale McCarr, plus 39. Um, almost double Roman Yossi. Um, so to me, that, that tells a lot about a defenseman as well as he's on the ice when you're scoring and he's not on the ice when you're getting scored on, um, just defensive ability. And I haven't, I've only seen Roman Yossi play two games this year, so I can't really um, say much about his play, but it seems like every Avs game I watch, it's always like, oh, that was a great play by Kale. And then it's like, oh, there's another one, you know? And you just, every game he leaves you with a play that you're like, wow, he's like Jonathan said, a generational talent. He leaves you in awe every time he touches the ice. Yeah, I do agree with you guys. Obviously, we all three have bias because we're all we all <laughs> are Avs fans. But I think I think Kale will win the Norris, and I think he deserves to win the Norris. But I think I think Yossi should win the Hart. I think he has been the most valuable player to any team this season because. Nashville's not fantastic, as we know, but they're in the playoff picture right now, and that is basically because of Yossi. Yossi and Saros. Their goal is just, those are the only two reasons that they're in playoff contention right now. And Matt Duchesne, as legend, Matt Duchesne. He's having a great season as well. <laughs> he's having a pretty good season. He's having a career year, basically. I mean... Matt, cancer, do you He was a cancer to the locker room when he was here, but he seems happy in Nashville and good for him. But going back on Kale and Roman Yossi, I, I do think Yossi will definitely 
make a push. I think it's going to be very close in the voting for the Norris. But I think Kale's going to come out with it. I think Yossi should win the Hart Trophy for MVP because yeah, I mean, he's just been the most valuable player. So do the players vote on the Norris and the Hart and all that stuff? Or no. Is it, um... I think it's writers, right? Okay. Like NHL writers? Yeah, it's, it's writers and people around the league that are you know have importance and there's writers from ESPN and the New York Times and stuff that will okay, that will vote okay. in um, so it's, it's not something I've noticed in the past is I feel like the Norris a lot of times is mostly based off of points and not plus minus like Trey brought up earlier yeah, I it, it's with Kale so McCarr true. and Yossi. And, I mean, you look at and that's something that sucks because yeah. it's the best defenseman in the league. You know, defense is in the name. It's not you know, points come from offense. So yeah, it's really turned into that since we've been alive. I mean, all we've ever known is whoever's the best offensive defenseman wins the Norris. Whoever puts up the most points, whoever's the most dynamic offensively is going to win the Norse. And I've never agreed with that. I've never liked that. I've always thought that it should be the best defensive player because that's what it is. It's not who can score the most goals. You know, an example of that is Brent Burns. Absolutely. (laughs) He's a former Norris winner, but he is, yeah, he's great offensively. Amazing. But defensively, he's just not, not all there. Yeah, he's almost a liability. Yeah, exactly. He, it, no, he is because I mean, he when you get drafted as a right winger, and you get switched to defense, it's not you're not you're no your main focus isn't defense, and you're just trying to get you know offensive generated, and you can see when Brent Burns is on the ice, all he wants to do is shoot the puck. But I think the perfect example of a Norris winner is. Victor Hedman, and I think Kale McCarr obviously has a little bit more offensive upside, but Victor Hedman. he does, he's almost equivalent to Victor Hedman to the defensive style, but Victor Hedman is the pinnacle of the Norris Trophy winner. I mean, he provides on offense, but then he's your most lockdown defenseman. I mean, he will shut down anybody, anywhere, anytime. So I think that's going to be, that's going to be super interesting to see. I agree with you guys. I think Kale deserves it. He's been just a game changer and a game wrecker his entire career since he came in in his first game against Calgary, fresh off of the (laughs) national championship game in the NCAA and then he scored a goal and it was crazy, but yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. So I guess... I I think McCarr is the best defenseman in the league right now. And I think a lot of people would agree with you, including me and Trey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um okay so then let's let's move on and we're into trophy talk right now so let's keep talking about trophies so let's talk about uh, i want to talk about the heart so this is going to be another kale conversation i know i just talked about yossi deserving the heart and i think he will but do you guys think that makar's name should be, you know, top three in voting for the heart. I wouldn't say top three, but I definitely say it gets tossed around. Top five. That's what I would say. Just because I think he's going to win the Norris, I don't I don't see him winning both the heart and the Norris, but I see him winning the Norris first before the heart. Yeah, I don't... I think top seven or eight, probably. 
but I don't see top three. Who's your guys' top three for the heart? I agree with you, Yossi. Frieza, uh, Yossi. Um, I'm not sure about the third, but Frieza and Yossi. Yeah, McDavid. Almost, yeah, it has McDavid. to be McDavid or Drysaddle. Yeah, There's that's no way third. it's not yeah, one of them. Cause... They always have to be in there, and they're probably going to win it again, one of the two. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with you guys. I, I hate to say it, but because, I mean, we've been treated to, you know, watching McDavid. I, I know we don't watch a lot of Oilers games, S3. I mean, but, you see his highlights like every night, though. So yeah, and, and every time we watch, every time the Avs play the Oilers, I mean, it's it's so hard to take your eyes off of McDavid. He's just a generational type player, and then you have Drysaitel as well, who's just absolutely dominant. But and and if you think about it, most valuable player, if the Oilers didn't have McDavid, they could probably go zero and eighty-two. That's also why I said Kaprizov, because I think if the Wild didn't have Kaprizov right now, I don't even think they'd be in a playoff spot. Yeah, and this is this is another problem I have with the voting as well, because it always seems like the heart goes to the lesser deserving player of, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, when, like, Taylor Hall over McKinnon that year, I will never forget. No, that yeah, that was. There that was is bad. no way that Taylor Hall was more important to his team than McKinnon was that year. McKinnon was literally our entire team. Who was kind of like McDavid was every. You year. know, and Taylor Hall was flowing around then. He was there for what a season. Now he's gone. Yeah, and he. I mean, he had a great season, but like, it, that will always rub me the wrong way. I will always hate that decision. And it's just the way that the voting system works in the NHL for trophies. Because I think, what, the Ted, the Ted Lindsay Award is voted on by the GMs for the best player in the league. So I believe that's the real, like, heart trophy. Yeah. I always uh-huh. look at that, that and sense. I'm like, the Ted Lindsay, I'm like, okay, that's, that's the best player in the league. Because if all of these GMs, and I'm sure players put input into them too, um, if the GMs vote that, then, like, what is up to discussion? The writers that watch... The game, you know, like, and of course, I want to be, you know, a sports analyst and whatnot, and I'm going to be one of those writers, basically, and I'm kind of dissing myself, but the GMs know better than the writers, and I, I, I just always did not understand the voting system. I'm glad you think that way, because I completely agree. Uh, I think everything should be voted through, probably through coaches, coaches or GMs, for these kind of awards. These trophies, I, that makes the most sense I, to me. I think it would be cool if they also added in, um, the like a players award too, where the players voted. I, th- I thought they. I do did. they have one I like think that? there is something that they do like that. I can't think of it right yeah, now. Yeah, I can't remember it. Or maybe like the I captain mean, of each team picks like who they think the MVP is from. You know, the East, a Western con like Gabe Landeskog would pick someone from the East, so obviously there'd be no bias or. Well, you know how in high school hockey, how they coaches from every team would, like, you know, jot down the best players that they saw pretty much. Like, mm-hmm. best 5A, 
forward, best 5A defenseman, and then they go and play a game. I think it should be, I think that the all-star game should be played like that. I think players should not be voted in by fans. It should be voted in by other players, coaches. And I don't think there's any reason to include every single team in the all-star game. You know, if, so what if, if the Avs have 10 players no, at the game? Yeah, because there's not, there's not an all-star on every team. You know, like the Sabres, who do they have now? <laughs> Alex Tuck, I guess. But Yeah, well, you're going to send Jeff Skinner to the NHL all-star game? Like, come on. But yeah, no, so the Ted Lindsay Award is, it's not voted on by the GMs, it's voted on by everyone in the National Hockey League. Okay. Oh, okay. And it's the most outstanding, it's the most outstanding player of that season. So, I mean, why do we have a heart if we have a Ted Lindsay, you know? Whatever. Stupid. To make someone else feel good. But yeah, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, we're on controversial topics right now, so let's keep it going with uh, <laughs> the voting scheme. So, obviously, you know, that you guys brought up a point with the fans and voting in players and, and uh, you know, every team having at least one representative, and uh, I agree with you. I hate that completely. I don't think a team, this should be the best players of the team. Jonathan and I talked about this before, that it is, the, the NHL All-Star game is for the best players. It's what it is. It's People want to see the best players in the league. I don't care if there's an Arizona player there or a Buffalo. You know, I don't, I don't care. But I do like how they do it where the players that initially are in the All-Star game, they're not voted in. They're, you know, they're selected from the league. And then there's that last man in where the fans can vote. And that's where, because uh, you vote for the captain, obviously, and that's McKinnon. McKinnon got in that way. But then the other ones are selected until the last man in, and that's how Kadri got in, was the fans voting. And I've, I think that's really good how they do that. I think the only thing that they need to change is having a team have a representative, because I think it's good the way they do it, have fans vote for the captain, and have fans vote for the last guy in, and then they select the rest, but don't select it from each team. Um, so what, do you guys, how would you like to see that? Do you want to see them just select it from... Like points, I mean, what do you think is the defining mark for making an NHL offer? Points is definitely an interesting way to do it. Um, like I said earlier, I definitely, I would definitely like to see like coaches and other players voting for the best players to get in, you know. And I, we definitely don't need every team there. Not every team has an all-star. But I'd like to see coaches and players vote in other players across the league into the All-Star. Yeah, I, I don't mind the fans voting because I think, you know, it is kind of a fanfare event. It's kind of lost its original glitz and glam of being an All-Star. It's more just for the fans. But just that every team rule just rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> I think it rubs everybody the wrong way, to be honest. I think everyone hates it. Um, unless your team sucks, then it's always nice seeing a player there because when the abs were terrible, I always I loved <laughs> at least seeing one abs player there. Like It made me want to watch the game, you know? 
And I think that's yeah, why they do it. It's nice. So that they can have that outreach and have people watch it. Because they're like, oh, well, we, at least we have a player there and we're able to watch them. Um, I think that's... I, I guess looking at it that way, I don't hate it from that way from a marketing point of view. But from a... But yeah. It makes sense. From a marketing perspective, it makes a lot of sense. But as i the from what i haven't seen well, yeah. nhl fans exactly don't like from it. a fan's perspective it's not it just sucks us. it really does because it doesn't make it interesting it doesn't make it fun just know that you're gonna have a terrible player on your team regardless <laughs> but i don't know they need to change that and they need to change a lot of things but it's run by gary bettman so i'd say i i don't know how you guys feel but i hate absolutely hate the 3v3 format for the all-star game i think it's terrible i wish they'd just do five on five yeah i like the old five on five yeah you know i haven't watched an all-star game like since the first year they switched to 3v3 that's the first one i watched and i stopped watching all-star games i watched the skills competition but not the all-star games they're just boring i I know you don't like 3v3 i know you don't like the 3v3 overtime but I, I, I agree with you. I don't like the 3v3 for All-Star Game because I want to see as many good players out there as, as I can. That's what I came for. And it also limits the roster as well because, you know, you can... It's terrible because... It's also just a scoring yeah, fest, it, Well, you no know? one tries, and I mean, that's the problem in every All-Star Game. It, yeah. Except the NBA All-Star Game has been really good, and I think the NHL needs to take notes from that because... That's been really good, and I like how the MLB does it as well. Is whoever wins the MLB All Star Game, if it's you know the NL or the AL, that team, whatever comes out in the World Series, will have home advantage. So if the NL comes out, they'll have you know their home advantage, and I think that's an interesting way to do it. See, and that's great incentive. Exactly. Too. So I think I miss the Western versus Eastern Conference format. I miss that. I think they should bring that back. I think they should bring back five v five. But I do really like the tournament format that they have and how they have, you know, the Central versus the Pacific first. And then they have the two Eastern Conference divisions face each other and then there's the final. I do really like that. I think that's really cool. But I agree. There just needs to be more incentive because the players don't care. I think I would agree. I think the tournament mode is cool. But I just think it's just so boring to watch just because they they aren't trying, you know. And... there's Ovechkin that skipped out that one season just because he the wanted to rest. Two you know? seasons. Yeah, if I'm, you know, obviously I'm not Ovechkin, but if I'm a guy in the NHL that's going to the All Star game, I don't want to just go and just like not try and just be there just so I don't get suspended for the next couple games. You know, like I want to be there to play hockey. I want to be there to have fun. I don't want to be there to. Screw around playing 3v3. Can do that whenever I want. <laughs> and as a fan, you know, is anybody watching the games? I think they're other boring. Other than the people there? Yeah, probably. probably other, yeah, other than the people that paid to be there. I think the skills competition is cool. I think that's fun. Yeah, and they don't even sell out the arena anymore for All-Star Weekend unless it's the skills competition. Like, people go for the skills competition, but then they don't go for the games. And it's just, I don't know, we've, I mean, we've talked about changes that I think would help, but 
I wouldn't mind seeing an all-star game just completely abolished, to be honest, and just name, you know, how the NFL does it at the end of the season where they name, and the NBA, where they name, you know, first team all defense or all, stuff like that. I think that would be more, I think that would be better and then give them incentives for that. Like if they win, if they're on like, you know, first team for the season, then they get a little bonus. I mean, they usually do like an all-star break, yep. right? Somewhere in, in between the seasons. Yeah, it's usually a week. It'd be interesting if they, you know, like you were just saying, if they didn't abolish it, but just did it after the season was over. Yeah, after playoffs. Because it's, it's a select few guys, you know. It's not the whole league. Season's over. Yeah, it'd be the perfect time yeah, to play. Yeah, it would, but also people, you know, they don't want to get injured during the off season and stuff like that. But I did just have an idea that popped into my head. I don't know if it's a good one, but I'll, I'm going to say it out loud. <laughs> well, let's hear um, it. <laughs> so instead of an all-star game, you know how there's a World Cup of Hockey. Why not just do that instead of the all-star game every year? Divide the NHL. You know, obviously Team Canada is going to be stacked, but and USA – but I think if you did that instead of the All-Star game, broke it into countries, and then, the, you know, allowing teams to bring in other players, kind of make it like the World Cup of Hockey every year, just during that All-Star break, and then you're able to compete for that cup, and then it gives an incentive, and then the, yeah, it just replaces All-Star weekend. What do you guys think of that? So what about that one guy that's <laughs> that's the only guy from his country? Then the it NHL. is what it is. Then that one guy, <laughs> like a Roman Yossi. Well, that, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Is like that those countries will be able to bring in players, you know, from their national teams. No, yeah, kind of like how there's in the World Cup of Hockey last time there's Team North America because team there's already a Team USA and a Team Canada, but Team North America was like twenty two and yeah, and it, it it allowed for. A balance. Yeah, you know, that's why they did Team Europe instead of individual countries. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, but uh, you know, I we did see that post a little while ago that the World Cup of Hockey is going back to that. It's going back to individual countries. So I think it would work, but also at the same time, I think a lot of guys would get injured during that. So would it be like an entire off season thing? I don't. Kind of like just like a shorter league almost. Yeah, know? or even like I a mean, small league. We have the NHL hasn't been participating in the Olympics, so why not just you know instead of doing an All Star game every year, why not just do a three week break every two years for the World Cup of Hockey that replaces the All Star game. You Gary, know, Gary wouldn't go for it. <laughs> no, but I think it would. I think it a would three be better than break, the All Star game. That's three weeks well, without Gary's money. <laughs> no, he can, he could still make money because he could he's he could market it exactly. or format it as an NHL event. You know, it's it's featuring NHL players. It's taking place on NHL ice in the United States and Canada, and like it can still be used as an NHL event instead of the All Star Game, which I think would work a lot better, or at least be more entertaining to watch than the all-star game if you did that with like 3v3 i don't well even if you did do it with 3v3 i don't think it would be that bad not 3v3 i just think the tournament sucks though like the all-star game 
I think if we did like a World Cup of Hockey thing and did that 3v3, I think that'd be fine, you know? Yeah. It's like like a break or an off-season thing. Whereas the tournament, just nobody's trying. You know, if you give it a cool name like World Cup of Hockey. Like, I want to win the World Cup of Hockey, you know? I don't really care about winning an all-star, all-star game. Exactly, and you're representing your country. Yeah. <laughs> no, for a million dollars towards charity. Like, like the play. Like, I'm sure they're great guys. Whatever, but they don't really care for that. Well, it's like, hey, that's just a write off on their taxes. Exactly. That's probably. I didn't even think of that. That's probably the only reason they do that. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So I mean, those are all great points. All great everything. I wanted to. I want to thank you guys for listening to Covering the Crease for the first time, presented by 90.5 And I would like to thank my two fantastic and wonderful guests for joining me today in Talking Hockey, because there is nothing better than Talking Hockey. Uh, keep an eye out for the next episode of Covering the Crease with Kyle Wilson that will be released next month only here on 90.5 KCC. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you guys have a great day.